Okay, okay, this is a Geico commercial, a 30-second one, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you. Eh, the lizard voice doesn't work. But please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. That's the same amount of years as I've been alive. <laughs> At any time you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in 54321, I'm out of time. Now Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Hi, everybody. Mm. I am smoking a delicious Cuban cigar, a Bolivar Bellicoso Fino. Uh, it's the Sunday after Lufka Cult. I'm in my backyard, and uh, I'm remembering I have to make a quick announcement, so I'm putting it on top of this David Cross episode of Spike's Car Radio. Guess what? We have our first T-shirt. Uh, I could not be more excited about it. We partnered with the folks at Blipshift. I'm sure you guys know who they are. If you don't, they make cool T-shirts. They've made the first Spikes Car Radio shirt. You can check it out at blipshift.com forward slash spike, blipshift.com forward slash spike. Um, I'll put up the uh, mock-up of the T on my social media, but for you Porsche guys... It's an old Blaupunk radio, and uh, on the buttons it says Spike, and right where it says Blaupunk, instead of saying that, it says Zuckerman. Um, I could not be more happy with the shirt, and uh, it's for sale. It should be a reasonable price. I think they're about 20 bucks, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> and uh, I think it's a nice way for you to uh, uh, wear a shirt that isn't so over-the-top Spike's car radio. Like, I'm going to wear this shirt just because it's a, it's a cool shirt, and I think these guys just do great stuff. Um, they've been doing a lot of work with Johnny Lieberman, with the Smoking Tire, Matt Farah, and now yours truly. So check it out. Our new T-shirt, blipshift.com forward slash spike, the new Spikes car radio T-shirt. Um, and that's it. And, and now we have this interview with David Cross. And just to give you a little context on this, you know, half the guests on the show I, I end up booking um, through meeting folks at car shows or just I want to be, you know, folks I want to talk to. I also have a booking department here at Podcast One who calls me up and they usually have access to the kind of big time guests um, who are on the late night circuit, who are out promoting their uh, uh, new shows, their new movies or, uh, you know, doing the, you know, doing the big media tour and occasionally we get lucky and we get to grab some people off that tour and pop them into our studio. And this is uh, one of those guests, David Cross from Arrested Development, from Mr. Show. Uh, you've seen him in many, many movies. Uh, I think I just saw him in The Post, that uh, Ron Howard movie about the Washington Post. He's a fantastically funny guy. I'd never met him before. Um, he was definitely on my list of people that I've, that I've wanted to sit down and not just interview, but also just meet. And uh, well, we sat down last week to talk about his new stand-up special, which I loved. And here is that interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. All right. Here we are in Beverly Hills. We did it. We did it. I'm here with... uh, You did it. I did? Yeah. What did I do, David? You got to Beverly Hills. (laughs) Your lifelong dream. When you were a little boy in in Yellowknife, uh, woods of Canada. Make it to Beverly Hills. I never did. Uh, you're listening to uh, David Cross, by the way, who's uh, here to promote his new stand-up special, Oh Come On, uh, from the Comedy Dynamics Network, available May 10th. 
which was a few days ago, if you're listening right now, but we're a few days ahead of it. How are you, David? You and I have never met before. And I was wondering whether we had. I felt like no, we had. maybe. We had a lot of mutual friends, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but maybe not. I'm a, a huge fan of yours. I'm, I'm a huge fan of meeting you. <laughs> so excited that you're here. Um, first of all, Comedy Dynamics. Who, who are these guys? Where did they come from? What are they doing here? They seem to be buying up all of the comedians and putting out content across a lot of different platforms. Yeah. How does that work? Well, I, I mean, to, to answer your first question, they're, um, you know, they're, it's a new way to distribute material. And um, that was the the first thing that was really intriguing to me. And I've done other things where I've taken some of my stuff and, and put it out there in interesting ways. And I checked with – I shouldn't say checked. Well, that's what I did. I, I <laughs> checked with other comics who mm-hmm. – um, you know, who put stuff out on HBO and Netflix and, you know, uh, uh, places where I've done stuff before. Um, and those are the first things that occur to you, you know, like, oh, I'll do this on Netflix or whatever. But um, uh, and people that are bigger than me, comics that are bigger than me, and they were very uh, positive about what they had to say with their, their experience working with them. And, um, and also they were – they really – courted me and you mm-hmm. know pressed me and and uh um so yeah i i all those things considered i was like yeah let's uh let's especially because it's this cool new way to distribute it. it it comes out uh on all those streaming platforms here you know, let it, me let me let me read you what i have right here okay um in a theatrical run simultaneously with all major transactional platforms, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Xbox, <laughs> Xbox, most major telco, satellite providers, Comcast, Cox Communications, Charter Spectrum, Dish, Time Warner. <laughs> that is it. That's everything. Comedy Dynamics will also release the album, Oh Come On, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and physical retailers. Yeah, it's it's great. And wild. Physical, yeah, and, no, it's great. It's and is really that all great. at once? It just, all at once. It just blasts out. Yeah. Wow. And it... And it you know, it it stays there. That's the thing. It's not like um, uh, I'm I'm not knocking Netflix. I have a good relationship with them. I've done a lot of stuff with them, and I like the people over there. But you know, I'm you're at the whim of an algorithm. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I've there's just stuff that's just not gonna my I'm not gonna occur to you. I'm not gonna pop up on your home Netflix home screen if you haven't. Uh, search me out or anything. What if I'm watching Arrested Development? Your show. That might come. That might come up. Then it would pop up. So that's how that works. So that front screen of Netflix, it's suggestions just for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't necessarily right prompt you to start looking for people. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm probably there's probably tons of great stuff that I haven't seen just because, you know, I kind of lazily. I do that. I get the the mm-hmm. clicker, and I'm like, oh, what's new releases? And, you know, just for you and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And you scroll through, and then you find something. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the show about salt. All right, I'll check that out for five minutes. You know, and, you know, so there's so much stuff that's fallen by the wayside, and that's just how that works. And it, and, and, um, and that was one of the, one of the issues that came up with other comics. Mm-hmm. And I felt the same thing, you know, like, you're, you're you you it just sort of it's there but it's kind of in the back of the closet in the corner do you consider yourself more of a comic than an actor 
Um, I, I mean, if you had to quantify it, I guess by seven <laughs> <7%. laughs> percent. All right, let me let me ask you quick. I watched the hour; it's great. It has such a nice, relaxed vibe. But what really stood out for me was the location. Hmm. Uh, live from the Orange Peel. Yep. Yep. Asheville, North Carolina. Yep. You included the zip code. Two eight eight. I'm glad you noticed that. Zero that made one. me laugh so hard because you know when you when you put that stuff up and you're, you know like uh, Asheville and then I just added the zip code and made me laugh. I'm like, well, I like any, it. Will anybody think I, that's funny? I didn't notice it the first time, but when I went back just to check the location, I went, "Wow, there's the zip code. What is that for?" Yeah. And then I went, "Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. He got me." Um, I, I suspect that you know. Well, first of all, why Asheville, North Carolina? Why did you take it to the South? Well, um, it wasn't about this. I, 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 because you did another test show in Alabama too, right? Uh, or not? Oh no, this was this was taped in the middle of a tour. So I I had been on t- I the tour itself was probably five months at June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was five or six months. Um, and uh, I did it. I did the did it the same way. I I always do it where. Um, cause I'll tour for a little while for, um, you know, good six months or so. And I always tape, do the video, uh, tape the set, um, midway through the tour. And then I do the audio portion, one of the last three, uh, and I think Birmingham was the third to last show I did. And, and I do that because the, I do it midway through the tour tape it because it's it's tighter and it and i tend to write a lot on stage so mm-hmm. and i always try to keep it fairly tight to an hour and a half the show in its entirety so you know i'm dropping stuff and expanding stuff and by the time i get halfway through it's it's really pretty tight and i i know what it is and then you know because the the cd was taped uh three months later uh, the show has evolved even more from from so there's different stuff on the audio and I do that with every every time I release something so there'll be a you know video visual and then audio mm-hmm. and the audio is always a little bit different because it's just tighter I've I've expanded some things as I've thought of stuff on stage or whatever now the orange peel was this mm-hmm. your best show on the tour is that why the video was up I mean no I mean I I didn't tape any other. Uh, sets i just knew first of all the uh asheville kind of fell right in the middle mm-hmm. of the tour um and it's at a club which i'm very you know music club which i'm comfortable with that's sort of my roots i, I was doing i've done lots and lots of shows in in music clubs and uh and asheville's a great awesome town if you've ever been there it's great i i love it i i i have a you know affinity for the shows in the south that's where i'm from it's where i grew up and uh um and it just sort of fit and i could do two shows you know you, you get when you're taping you know i like to tape two sets mm-hmm. in case something you know uh shit myself something terrible <laughs> happens and uh not that that's terrible but it's a I, thing you know when you say relax that's what i that's Super what i relax the whole thing it was very relaxing and funny to watch. That's exactly how I felt that's, when you're. I went, Spike. That's a CBD oil. Is it? Yeah. It's it's in the somehow on the screen. As yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I just I like every, it. Everybody's relaxed. Everybody's chilled. Everybody. Nobody's overdressed. You're not overdressed when you walk out <laughs> oh, onto the stage. I'm I'm severely underdressed. Severely <laughs> underdressed, which is why I suspected you played there. But um, why why the title? Oh, come on. What does that mean? 
Um, if you watch the special, you'll you'll see it's 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 got uh, it's got the uh, implied kind of um, oh come on or however you <laughs> want to apply it to to uh, today's world. Um, How do you come up with it? Uh, I, well, the audience came up with the title. I'll, I'll explain. So so, but it also has to do with a specific bit. Mm-hmm. Um, where you find that out at the end of the show, but I, when I was uh, when I was uh, getting these, getting the material ready and getting the set together, and towards the end when I had it pretty well honed and I knew what I wanted it to be, and uh, I would ask the audiences, you know, just if you could hang out and stay, because I, I I spent like five months maybe in um, in Brooklyn just starting from scratch with this so i'd book a show and i'd just take notes up there and tape record it and you know whatever and and as i was saying as it, as it kind of presented itself what the show was going to be i'd i'd say you know if you could after the show if you could stick around i got some questions and and the the audiences were really 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 helpful in crafting this uh and telling me you know should I do more dad jokes? No. All right. It's just, it's just enough dad joke. Okay, great. And, um, and, uh, and like every single. So you're taking a survey on stage yeah, of your yeah. own act. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I'm asking, you know, like, is, does it feel like, you know, when is a good time to get into this bit? Should I uh-huh. do more of this or less of this? And and what if this bit came after this bit? And um, I didn't know you could do that instead. Yeah, you know, you just well, ask I mean, the people listening, and they'll help you with your act. But then, are they paying to get in? Well, I mean, at that you? point, it's not like I'm doing my show. It's not like right. I'm touring. I'm you're I'm just, just up there with a pad, I'm working doing out stuff material in my right. neighborhood in Brooklyn. Okay, you know where I've, I'm down in a basement somewhere mm-hmm. with you know whatever and. Um, and uh, and also it's kind of a fun way to engage people, and they mm-hmm. they seem to like it. And um, and and again, I got a, a lot of valuable input. But it was the audience that came up with the title because I like every time I put out an album or anything, my titles that I come up with are um, either really pretentious. Or so corny and it's a bad pun. Like what? Give do you can you give me an example? Well, one here's what I said. So I told <laughs> I told an audience. I was at the Bell House in Brooklyn, and we we were kind of wrapping up that stage of things. I was getting ready to go on the road, and I said, um, "What do y'all think about this for a title?" I'm go- I've got a little list here, and the one I was really thinking about was. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> That's all right. Was You're with friends. seriously kidding? <laughs> and immediately, no. And uh, um, and then I and then two people uh, and on complete opposite sides of the of the audience. And it, this is at the Bell House at this stage, so mm-hmm. there are probably like four hundred some plus people there. And a guy over here and a guy way over on this side at the same time said, "Oh, come on." You should call it "Oh, Come On," and I thought that was kind of brilliant. And so perfect. someone suggested that to you? Yeah, two different guys. Wow! Uh, in in a, and I was like, "That's great. That's perfect." Yeah. Oh my god, that's great. You know, because it's got that's the rare. double meaning to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, once it's revealed in the in the, it must be impossible. I mean, with the sheer number of these stand-up comedy hours out there and the titles, it you know that would drive me nuts to have to come oh, up with something mine that's are different. Always bad. I I didn't. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, no title. Titles are one of the hardest things we do as writers, right? Don't yeah, you think? Yeah, but they're, they're... And they're so important. They are important they're in a very way important. that... It's the first thing that we see of you. It's, it's, it's the first little idea we're getting of what you're going to talk about. Yeah. Right? And if you blow it, then everybody's, eh, I'm not even going to pay attention to Which it. Which right? is all the more reason. Like, people won't. They won't think of necessarily a good title. It won't stay with them, mm-hmm. but a bad title will stay with them. Right. And they'll think about it. And and my my initial ideas are just so bad. Seriously kidding. Terrible Dave. idea. It's not Terrible. so bad. But you rewrote it, right? Well, the audience did for me, yeah. <laughs> But that's I would have gone that the special would have been it's ter- it's terrible. You know what it's I like so comic it's comedy ish. You were also you you did a lot of storytelling which I liked mm-hmm. in your in your hour. We were telling real stories from your life and little left turns. But it, it, I got to know you a little better through your comedy, and that's another thing where I didn't feel like you were just hitting me you know with joke 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 and set up all the time. You were kind of taking me through a nice hour of comedy. It's well, really, that, you know, it's for me, and I'm just saying, me personally, this at this point, it's hard for me to watch any stand up. Sure. But you're one of the few I've watched where I actually watched the whole hour and enjoyed myself recently well, because there was that relaxation factor, and I'm laughing. You know, that's it, right? I didn't feel anxiety like this guy was moving at such a fast joke speed like some other comedians. Does that make any sense whatsoever to you what I'm trying to articulate? It does because, uh, you know, I've been uh, doing some press for this for a little while now, you know, and that has come up. It was never an intention. I never consciously set out to do that, mm-hmm. but it's an observation that a number of people have, have made. Uh, you know, I was doing radio this morning, and one of the guys was like, yeah, I feel like I got to know you, like, in a way I haven't on the other This is Kevin stand-up. and Bean? Is that yeah. what you were doing this yeah. morning? That's yeah. what I'm hearing in the hallways. <laughs> he, he's doing Kevin and Bean, and then Spike's Car Radio. I'm like, God, we're moving up in the world. David well, I, Cross and Kevin and the Bean guests. <laughs> but, but I mean, that was... Uh, it's uh, interesting, and right? It's, and other people brought it up, you know, doing, like, print uh, mm-hmm. print interviews and stuff. Um, and he, I, I hadn't noticed that. I, I'm so... Inside of it, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but, uh, um, but you're not the first person to make that observation, so that's good. That's a happy. I won't accident. be the last, and you will not be the last. Um, this is Spike's Car Radio. Thank so, you. Uh, we'd like to talk about cars. If there's, I, I don't know if you have any relationship with the four wheeled conveyance known as um, the automobile. I, what do you drive? I have a Toyota Highlander. A Toyota Highlander. Yes. All right. And was that just a, an SUV choice that you made? or um, I any... lost... Uh, I lost. I, well, I did lose it. I lost a car in Hurricane Sandy. You did? Uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was just destroyed. So, literally, the guy came because it got in taken... In Brooklyn? Uh, yeah. It got taken down one street and then <laughs> up another one. There's video footage of it um, with somebody from... From a you know some apartment above, oh, like geez. it's floated down, then it got spun around. It literally moved a couple streets oh, over, God. and it was just destroyed. And the the guy who was so weary at this point, you know, came over the insurance guy and mm-hmm. just like just took one look at it, and went, "Yeah, here's a check," and then moved on <laughs> to the next car. And um, so I had a GMC Acadia, mm-hmm. um, and then that was replaced with the Toyota Highlander. And you so. like trucks? You like these these SUVs? I, well, we, uh, my wife and I have a, you have a house what? upstate in in uh, um, on the Delaware River, mm-hmm. and 
and so we use it a lot. First of all, it's all-wheel drive, which you have to have up there. You mm-hmm. have to. And, uh, you know, we use it a lot because we're bringing stuff back and forth from the city, stuff up there, stuff down. And um, uh, and now that we have a kid, you know, even more so. So it, I once I got the house, I got an SUV. Uh-huh. I, I, you don't need a car in New York at all, but, you know, I mostly use it just to go up and down. Now, uh, how old is your – you have a daughter? Mm-hmm. She's young, right? Uh, she's two months and change. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry, two years and change. Two not, years not and change. change. Yeah, two years. You're, you and I, I believe, are the same age. And I thought I was late to kids. I have 11 <laughs> and 9, right? Oh, no, you were I'm born in 64, late. right? Yeah, I'm what, really late. Yeah, what happened there? You're, I, but you're kind of in the Seinfeldy zone. Uh, That's, you know. I mean, I just, I, you know. Uh, and you got the Letterman beard going on now. Well, this this thing I'm growing out for a, for a movie I'm doing. Oh, you are? Yeah, that's what the, my hair is getting. I'm <laughs> self-conscious. That's why I got this cap, even though I'm inside. I'm, I, I like the look. I'm fine. I I'm fine with Dave's man. beard, too, by like, the way. This is, but my hair, everything grows out. It doesn't right, go down. Right, right, right. That's the problem. But we're getting older. We're getting older. But this kid thing. Go back to the kid thing. Okay. What? Yes. Did you get married? She does not have a beard. Did you you get married late in the game, or? Yeah. You did? hmm So, and is your wife a lot younger? Yes. You are? So there yeah. you go. So that's what happened. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I was, uh, I was never opposed to the idea of having a kid. I just, it just never, it just didn't, you know. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of abortion. So, <laughs> I mean, I was on my ninth at that point, and like, all right, time to sacrifice. Do you find? Uh, I have found being an older dad, I am a better dad. And this is no offense to you younger dads out there listening, but I feel like men our age have a deeper appreciation of children and of family. When they come along at this point where you've kind of had a career, right? Mm-hmm. And you've experienced the highs and lows of that thing, but mostly the highs. And then, it, you know, you're kind of shrugging at it a little bit. And then there's this new experience that comes along. Ha- yeah. Has it affected you in that way? Um, yeah. I mean, I certainly... Uh... I also should say that I am extremely lucky because I, because of how my uh, career and schedule has tracked since we got pregnant. Um, well, we didn't; she did. But uh, um, uh, she got pregnant when we were on the. I was on the European leg of my last tour, so all this has been. You know, and working on the set and touring because we toured to uh, my wife just completely. Coincidentally, uh, for the second time in a row, had a book come out when I was getting ready to tour. So, so we toured together. We had mm-hmm. a bus, and she'd go. We'd roll in town. She'd do a bookstore, or reading somewhere, and then I'd do a show that night. And, wow! And so fun. now we had the kid with us on mm-hmm. this tour. So you know, I got to. I've been able to spend more time with my daughter in her first. Um, two years and change of her, of her life than 95% of American dads. You mm-hmm. know, I've just been able to be there and I haven't had to stress about stuff and I haven't had to, uh, you know, be away for, for all day or uh, weeks at a time or months at a time. Um, I'm about to face our, our first challenge where, uh, as I was saying, I'm growing this out to do. I'm shooting a movie in in Oregon in a couple weeks. I start prep for that. And, What's the uh, movie? It's called The Dark Divide, um, and it's a guy who goes hiking and kind of just ends up 
biting off more than he could chew. He he doesn't know what he's doing. He's in over his head, and he's in the woods longer than he ever anticipated. And so is that's it a why comedy I'm, or is it a drama? No, no, it's a it's it's a it's a a drama, but it's a lighter drama. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say. Mm-hmm. It, I mean. It's definitely not a comedy, though. Will you be chewing off a limb of any kind? <laughs> no. Um, I mean, sure, in my spare time when I'm at the, in the trailer. Um, no, it's not. It's not that kind of thing. But there, he does. There's a point where he he, and the, I think it's understood that he's going to die mm-hmm. and he's not going to make it. Um, but uh, and how do you approach something like that? Are you? Can you memorize lines at this point? Have you ever been someone who can like read through you know eighty what? There's, pages there's, and go, "I know it all I'm, right I'm now"? I'm not. No, I'm not. And so, I, how do you do it? What do you do? Well, there's not a ton of dialogue. <clears throat> there's there a lot of it is, you know. Well, Arrested Development. Then you're in a scene in Arrested Development. How are you? It's hard, man. It's it's. <laughs> I'm not good. I'm not. That's not so my. So what do you suit. what do you do? You're shooting the next morning with Bateman. Yeah. Who sat in that very chair not long ago to promote? I thought Ozarks. I smelled him. <laughs> yes, I thought I smelled something. <laughs> And, you know, that would really intimidate a person like me. And it wouldn't matter how hard I rehearsed and practiced and memorized. I know when the, the director called action, I would go blank, <laughs> at least for two or three takes. What do you what do you do? What's your process? Um, you know what? It's just it's it, it was tough with the rest of it because the scripts were always changing. But, right. you know, you just you just start memorizing. And you start memorizing. And I even driving to set, if it's like 630 in the morning, I got the light on in the car. You know, it's not even light yet. Mm-hmm. And you're just – I'm looking – every time I come to a red light, pulling up the stuff, looking at mm-hmm. it, trying to almost like photograph it in a, in a sense. Um, and just hitting the beats and trying to figure – trying to let one word uh, – sometimes I do a little um, – uh, not an anagram. What's called a, a, a you know when you take the initials of something uh, acronym acronym. So sometimes I go if there's like a run in a speech, mm-hmm. I'll go mm-hmm. you know Kayup because you know Christian atheist whatever the thing is <laughs> right uh, right. You have to rattle some stuff. That's off. interesting. That's one. But I mean I'm not good at it. And uh, did you um, ever take an acting class? Not, I mean, not in high school stuff, but not like a real... I, <laughs> Nothing. Never, well, it's impressive. I, well, I mean... You're super funny, you know. You've well, always been funny on screen. I've never sensed for a moment that you didn't know what you were doing. Well, and it, <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of editing. Um, <laughs> uh, but, it, and, and uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I really admire that. When you just, you're, jump, you're in a pretty bit, you're a pretty competent group of actors there, right? Oh, and yeah. You're the com- well, comedian don't forget you have rehearsals, too. You got to, you go, because you're, you got to I know, I've been, and, I've seen it happen, yeah. but still, even when I'm there with my script off to the side watching folks like you, I'm like, I don't know how these people are doing it. I don't it's, know how they're getting through a page, let alone three or four. Well, it's not it's not easy, but it's fun when you do it. When you do you what do you do now? Are you one of these folks who will imagine your emotion in the scene? Right? This is always gets weird with comedy. Like whenever when I used to go out and read for comedy, I said go to these acting classes and or just do a one on one read with a guy, and he's like, mm-hmm. "What is this scene about?" And I'd be, "It's about it's about humor. It's about making someone laugh." He goes, "No." What is your character feeling right now? He goes, approach all of your lines with your anger, with your, you know, your happiness, with your confusion. And it made perfect sense in the moment, in the room, in that, in that lesson. Well, then it's I a would, good exercise. It's it definitely is. a good exercise. I don't know how applicable it is all the time. But, yeah, it's a good – It that's a good exercise for an actor to, to do, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I, I haven't – I'm not – 
well versed in acting classes, but that seems to be <laughs> so. You won't leave the set and stay in character through, oh through lunch. But <laughs> <laughs> Tobias, good lord, <laughs> no, nope. Anyway, we need to take a quick break. Why? We're taking one break. Why? One break. Two breaks, breaks. and then we're going to answer some questions with David Cross. You know what? There are a lot of weird things you find in cars, and I'm not talking about garden variety petrified french fries or melted crayons or crumbs. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre artifacts, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about people. Another thing that will make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental Belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE in tens of millions of Chrysler, Dodge, and Ford GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on the majority of BMWs and VWs. Now, Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series, belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. And Continental has an OE Technology Series multi-V belt for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the United States and Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises working on cars and trucks, a belt should not be one of those surprises. Go with the Continental OE Technology Series multi-V belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit oetechnologyseries.com, oetechnologyseries.com. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. We're back with David Cross. Got a new special out did here. I, did I snap over your? No, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. But I like how relaxed this uh, this hour of podcasting is. His new special is "Oh, Come On," and you can find it everywhere. Just suffice it to say, you can find it everywhere: iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Charter Spectrum. You look for it, you are going to find it. I think it. once you get to Xbox, you're like, "Wow, that really is everywhere." Have you ever watched anything on Xbox? Do you even play no. video games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. What games do you like? Um, I, I, I've been playing, uh, Destiny, which is easy to kind of drop in and out of, and I have friends who are, um, there and will text like, hey, get on, you know, there's a time difference because East mm-hmm. Coast, West Coast, but, um, uh, you play Fortnite? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm afraid of getting addicted to that. I'm <laughs> uh, a little afraid of that <clears throat> stuff. It, uh, uh, it is very addicting, but I, it, it's also got a high frustration factor that mm-hmm. would preclude your addiction well that's good because I get that. little yeah. kids kill you all the time yeah. and then you just walk away from it <laughs> bitter angry um i'm looking forward to borderlands 3 though i was a big big border borderlands fan god i don't even yeah. know any of these games oh it's what about, great do you like asteroids <laughs> do you like atari games let me um i wanted to play can i play a sketch will uh, on here, if I just hold up the mic to this computer, I want to play one of my favorite sketches here from Mr. Show okay. that I uh, sent around uh, recently to uh, my friends, including our co-host, Suckerman, who's not here today, and just said, have you ever seen this? This this will make you laugh. Um, hold on right here. Well, this is high tech. Uh... This is high tech. <laughs> I am aiming the mic at my computer. I'm going to turn the volume up. This is Mr. You're, Show. You're literally holding it up to I the... am. And then I want to ask you about it. But this this made me laugh so hard when it first came out, and it still makes me laugh. How long ago was Mr. Show? 95 through 98. 95 through 98. No, 95. It now costs $800,000 a year to jail just one criminal. That's enough money to send a family of five to college. Yeah! I don't know what this is. Four to send that same lucky family on a 79-day rafting expedition. But at Pembleton State Prison, 
A new money-saving program allows criminals to be oh, productive Larry, members of society while serving yeah. out their terms. This is the home of Larry Kleist, yeah, rapist. <laughs> but you wouldn't know it if it wasn't for the friendly reminders Larry is required by law to provide. A lot of visuals you're the missing here. The day he moved in, he took an ad out in the local newspaper. Now, this rapist lives just like any normal, non-raping person would. Rapist coming! He goes to work accompanied by an assigned state-licensed public warning engineer. Rapist here! <laughs> Rapist backing out! <laughs> Larry can even drive himself to work. Rapist coming! That's Jay Johnston as the Cold calls, my favorite part of the day That's Bob Hello, I'm Larry Cleese, I'm a rapist Have you considered insurance? <laughs> Hello, I'm Larry Cleese, I'm a rapist Are you interested? Hello, I'm calling about insurance Don't, please don't hang up, please uh, My name is Larry, I'm a rapist <laughs> <laughs> People don't seem to be interested in insurance these days. I, I think I the industry is yeah. That is one of my favorite sketches of all time with the hugely funny Bob Odenkirk. And Bob, there's playing the rapist. Shortly after, there's a bit where he's like, I think he improvised it where he's like, Hello, uh, uh, my name's Larry Cleast. Uh, uh, insurance is my game, and uh, raping was another game of mine. But uh, <laughs> raping was also another game of mine. Something like that. That is really funny. That sketch. How did that show come about? And and did you? You know, I knew Odenkirk back on uh, SNL. He had started, mm-hmm. I think, the same season I started. He was a writer with uh, Robert Smigel. Mm-hmm. I was the receptionist <laughs> on the show. But um, boy. It's incredible what he's gone on to do, isn't it? Oh, God, at, yeah. At, at that time... Well, he's Im- immensely talented. I remember both you guys and going, how did these two guys get this sketch show on HBO? How did that happen? Well, I'll tell you, Spike. <laughs> um, because at the time, it's HBO, mm-hmm. right? And they're not necessarily known for their alt comedy. No, not at all. No. But, well, it was... I don't think I don't think that term existed yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh but you know, Bob and I were part of a, a, a clique, a group of people, uh, uh, comics, musicians. You know, we're all friends and stuff. And who was in that group? Uh, I mean, is that Ben Stiller? Is that um, that crew? Andy Dick? Yeah. Well, that they were Janine Garofalo. Yeah, that was part of the Ben Stiller show, which right. was uh, Ben and Andy and Janine right. and Bob, and um, uh, and then a bunch of writers. Um, and uh, and that's how I met everybody. I came on as a writer, mid-season writer's replacement, and um, and met Bob through that. But we weren't uh, he he wasn't particularly friendly to me, and uh, um, and we didn't really click or gel. And then later, we were at a party again, just all mutual friends, and um, uh, and we started riffing the, the a bit that became the. I can't. I don't know what it's called, but the pots and pans. Ernie, the English guy, like <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know, k- kiss the pan. The pan kisses you. Whatever the um, <laughs> when he plays the English pitchman, because there there was like a decade where, for for your younger listeners, if you don't know this, there was a decade where there were all the infomercials, and for whatever reason, all the pitchmen were English. <laughs> they're they're British with this, you know, amped up British accent. Mm-hmm. Like who? Mm-hmm. What? And so. 
we just started riffing this thing that became that eventually became that bit in in uh, Laura Milligan's kitchen, and then and then the next step was we, the same group of folks. Um, there were these shows. There was a place uh, on Hollywood Boulevard called the Diamond Club, and it was in this room in the back. Of this uh, like shitty disco place. Um, it was literally in a back room with mm-hmm. like kind of glass walls and. And Dave Rath, uh, who was a, a number of people's manager, um, <clears throat> yeah. got this night. So whatever it was, like Friday night, while they're <laughs> you know we're behind the disco, you know through the disco, and and we all started doing these these shows. So you know uh, um, uh, you know Laura would have a night, and I'd have a night, and and Bob would have a night, and uh, uh, you know various people. Greg Barron would have his night, and and everybody got their night. So. Um, uh, and I came from a sketch group in Boston, and so I had these sketches and stuff that Bob and I did, and and um, and I was putting my night together, and I had various friends doing things, and then Bob and I got together to write the couple of things that we had riffed. And when we got together to write these bits, one was the third wheel, Legend of the Third Wheel. One was racist in the year three thousand. <laughs> one, this is all stuff that ended up on Mr. Show, and one was uh, right. the the Thirteenth Apostle. What is how does racist in the year three thousand go? I don't think I've seen that one. It's uh, it's just, just top, bad. Top line it for me. It's really bad Star Trekky type of you know special effects, but there's a there's this racist, and it, you know. It's just because it, I, I, you know, I'm from the South, and I just, uh, um, it, it's easy to drop in on some of these, you know. I, oh, you won the good ones. Don't get all uppity, and you know. And he's just a racist in the year thousand, but he's also futuristic. You know, it's right. also shitty Star Trek Voyager looking stuff, and uh, and it's the it was like the adventures of, you know, Brock. Wow, what was the guy's name? I don't remember. And then uh, and then Bob was my like underling or something i don't remember <laughs> i can't remember but. you know the it's a it, it, what struck me about the show and i always remembered was it looked like a show you guys were making for yourselves which are tend oh, to be my always, favorite always shows for, right first and foremost i mean we were we were on hbo <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a in a tiny little corner of hbo that nobody ever visited and uh and you know, we had very little budget, and mm-hmm. they they left us alone. I think in the four years we got, we literally got one note from them, like right. that we you know kind of fought and then said, "All right, fine." And uh, um, and you know they encouraged us to do weird stuff, yeah. And not be on TV, you know, not be something that you could see on TV. And uh, um, and you guys were the coolest thing in Hollywood at the time. You were the cool well, comedy kids. I mean. Did you? We see, got you, there, but not initially. It took a little while to I get to all, that I point. I was always trying to get to your set and always trying to come to a show, and I was always busy working, and it always bummed me out. Did you shoot Friday nights? Is that when it was? Uh, no, we would shoot. Uh, I think Tuesdays and Thursdays, or Wednesdays and Fridays, because we we had a why. crazy schedule where we'd be. Uh, I, I mean, you'd have to look at it on paper, mm-hmm. but like we'd be rehearsing, we'd be finishing writing one show, finishing editing a show rehearsing for the taping that's coming up in four days and then taping uh, another show all at once and 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 still writing you know writing for other stuff so it was pretty hectic crazy and we broke up the seasons into um 
into two sections, so we do five and five. Do you ever think about getting the band together and doing some more of these? Um, well, we did. Is, a, is Odenkirk a, just too big at this point? Is he? Can you even approach him his, right now? His writer is insane. <laughs> I mean, we can't even afford his writer. It's. Uh, he's one of the sweetest, most down to earth guys in the world, isn't it? For you I mean, would for, think so. That's why his writer is so crazy. Like uh, it has to it? be a hundred twenty year old Chivas Regal. <laughs> what is he? Is there is there even a hundred twenty year old Chivas Regal? Who drinks Chivas Regal? And. Um, uh, he has to have these special socks, which are handmade by a little boy in a village in Ugursk, and uh, it's just, it's crazy demands. Um, outside of that, yeah, we could do it in a heartbeat if he would give up some of those demands, but he won't. I'd like to see it. I think this is your Netflix play. <laughs> well, we did. We did something on Netflix. Uh, we did four episodes of, it was called With Bob and David, and... Um, you know, we used uh, everyone we could who was available. It was a really tight. We crammed it in because mm-hmm. of our schedules. I literally, when we wrapped, I literally, uh, we wrapped the show. We had this little wrap party. And the next morning, I was on a flight to London. I couldn't even go back home to New York to switch out my clothes. Like, I had to get on a flight and go to London and start working on something the next day. So, do you stay close to the, like, the sketch comedy scene here in LA? Are you watching the up-and-comers? Are there any um, kids that get you excited? I don't know. I, I live in New York, so I don't see – I'm not in L.A. unless uh, I have to be, really. Right. You know, but um, – uh, so I'm not familiar with – I'm not familiar with any sketch <clears throat> folks <throat> anywhere, even New York or – I don't know. Um, I definitely got to, to see a lot of really great comics that I normally wouldn't when I was getting this set together for mm-hmm. Oh, Come On and, and – and, um, Back when I had no material, I'd have different guests on the show to bring and what, up. And what do you see happening in comedy right now? What are the young folks coming out and talking about? I, you know, nothing. There's no, like, sea change or difference. Uh, I don't sense a real, like, you know, PC difference or any mm-hmm. of that. I Just really good, clever, sharp, fearless comedy, which mm-hmm. is always, you know, uh, um, great to see. Um and just funny. They're just people are. Uh, there's just some really good, funny people out there. Um, All right. Well, I have a bunch of questions for you. Okay. I'm going to take one more quick break. All right. I'm going to blow some phlegm out of my nose. All right. So the listeners don't have to hear it. Okay. And we'll be right back I think with it David. Sound Co- okay to me? Well, no, I got some phlegm. Okay. <clears throat> like, Do it. Hear that? Mm-hmm. Gary Delabonte. We'll be right back. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer with your car from True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or at home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together the two of you you can even hug if you want you can ask questions get the answers you need so there's no surprises and simply leave your check or trade in your car for a new ride so when you're ready to experience a new better way to sell or trade in your car check out true car today you're listening to spikes car radio all right we're back spikes car radio with david cross here promoting his latest stand-up comedy special, Oh Come On, which I have watched. 
I'm not fake watching it. I actually watched the whole thing, and I laughed all the way through it, and I strongly recommend you guys listen to it. Uh, Jerry Horton. Oh, Jerry Horton. He's uh, the husband, father, and guitarist for Papa Roach and a car nut. Here's his question. Does he have change for a dollar? (laughs) And then Tangelo. I will say, I will tell uh, Jerry that I have... I, I I have quarters mostly. <laughs> what uh, Andy Green Live wants to know, I mean, I think a lot of these folks know you're not really a tried and true car guy. And by the way, so what? That doesn't matter. This is a common in car podcast. But do you have a favorite car color? Andy Green wants to know. Car color? Car color. Yeah. Do you respond to car <sighs> colors? Like polka dot? <laughs> polka dot. Tactile, uh, like 3D, you know. Our friend Johnny Lieberman. Um, well, we spoke about what you drive. You, he wants to know what you drive. We tell Toyota we, Highlander. That Toyota yeah. Highlander. Um, uh, and you can know you'll know it's mine because I have a I heart the Pope's bumper sticker <laughs> on the back, so I can <laughs> pick it out of the Walmart parking lot. Of all the Tobias punchlines, which one gets brought up the most when you're talking to fans? Bazamu wants to know. Oh, I mean. There's like a handful, but I got to say, it's probably, you know, I just blew myself. (laughs) Um, Just blew myself. That's probably the one. There are lots of questions about anal rape, so that doesn't come up much. That, well, yeah, I know you get that. Uh, An alrapist and, uh, and uh, maybe, maybe, maybe actually it's, there are dozens of us. Maybe that has a slight edge. I don't know. There's a, there's, there's a handful of Tobias memes out there that people happily throw dean uh, are you st- shooting another season of that show no that's it i think that's it yeah you've done now that ozark is running bateman <laughs> just doesn't need the cash right he's just like forget it <laughs> screw that i'm not doing that um what about you going on ozark would you go on ozark you've got uh, if the it beard, made dude. sense you've, you've, well yeah with this look of <laughs> you've course. got the appalachian crawl beard. out of the mountain <laughs> yeah happily <laughs> the old prospector character yeah. I'll, I'll text him right now um, Dean Marone, Dean Maroney, everybody. Uh, will there be a full-length movie about Gary Flank and Taint Magazine? No, Dean, there won't. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't even know what he's talking about. That's a Mr. Show reference, uh-huh. um, uh, which was kind of a parody of um, Boogie Nights, sort of, Here's loosely a... inspired by Boogie Nights. Here's a great question. The stair car. In Arrested Development, that's the air, airplane stairs, right? Mm-hmm. What's, what, what would you guess is the top speed of that car? I've driven it. There's, uh, there was a scene where I had to drive it. Uh, and what was it like? It's not, it's, uh, not smooth. Okay. Um, uh, it doesn't go very fast at all. Yeah. What, <clears throat> do you remember where you shift in gears on the, the steering column? Um, Did it? I don't remember. I know how to do that, so I could have done it. And maybe that's why... <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. It was. Uh, it, I think it was like that kind of old pickup style right, right. Uh, um, uh, manual shift. I, I, I don't remember. It was a long time ago, but I remember it was not an easy car to drive, an easy thing to drive. Did you get stunt pay for that? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, Ed the sled wants to know which car is best suited for a pair of short jean shorts? Fashion and performance-wise, 
So obviously referencing the Arrested Development uh, jean shorts. Say that shorts. again. Read that again. Which car? He's asking you to pair your jean shorts. Okay. So let's say you're wearing, you're in your character, you've got yep. your jean shorts on. What yep. car would you select for that experience? 78 Trans Am. <laughs> right? <laughs> and why? Uh, just <clears throat> the, the, because of the decals. Okay. That I'm imagining are on it. Mm-hmm. Boy, there's a lot of like really crazy car questions that you are not going to know. I don't about know shit about nine nine seven point one nine elevens. Never forget. Why do you hate Santa Monica so much and like New York? Is that true? Do you hate Santa Monica? I do. I, I <laughs> loathe it. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Tell me why. What do you um, hate about Santa Monica? Well, if you had seen the set, it's uh, addressed within the set. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> It's uh, oh, that's somebody who saw my saw me on tour. I guess mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. So do you not want to talk um, about that? We say no, it. no, no. I'm fine. It, it's uh, but do you really hate Santa Monica? Yes, and I <laughs> lived there. That's why I don't. I'm not just like a day visitor who had to <clears throat> mm-hmm. drop somebody off and hang out and get coffee. I mean, I was there, and I was there with nothing to do. Like my wife was working, and I was uh, out here, and when. Just the day-to-day of it. And I'm not going to go into all the, the stuff because it's material within the set. And, mm-hmm. But it's it's the kind of hippie ethos okay. that I can't stand. It's the, but you're the, kind of a hippie yourself. How dare you? I thought I how was... How dare you? When I'm I not a hippie. When I was thinking about this interview this morning, oh, I was thinking, David That's... Cross is kind of a hippie. No. And I looked at the beard. And then no, I no, saw no, Asheville, no. North Carolina, and I was like a hippie. No, nothing close to a hippie. I don't mean to insult you, but I. But that, that's what if I thought. You, if you knew me, you'd know how insulting that was. Because <laughs> I've talked about hippies in other sets. Um, uh, what no. do you consider a hippie? Do the hippies even exist anymore? Yeah, fuck yeah, man. They're everywhere. Well, go to go to Santa Monica. Give go me to an example. Topanga of... Valley or Topanga Canyon, rather. So, what kind of hippie do you hate? The people I I hate the uh, unintelligent hippie, the the crystals hippie, the yeah, the the <laughs> the, the fecklessness of like people who it's a, a generation of people who think they're doing something good mm-hmm. and they're just useless. Um, they're not <laughs> they're not they're actually in the way, they're, right? <laughs> Um, and, and Santa Monica, in your opinion, is full of these people. It's my, not that's fact, man. That's not <laughs> an is? opinion. Come on. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I work every day in Santa Monica, and I don't. I don't see that now. I see a lot of Silicon Beach, Silicon Valley types. It, there. It's definitely changing. Yeah, yeah. and it when that was kind of a lot starting, of homeless people, by the way. Yeah, that's really it's a mess. That's a, that's a big part of. Uh, I don't really address this in the the set, but uh, that's a big part of of a really distressing thing is how much mental illness there mm-hmm. is there and it's really depressing and 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 it's just expanding and and the inequality is is just right in your face you know especially with all the tech stuff right. that's coming down there and uh it's tough to take uh, again living there is a it's it's a it's really distressing that's something i would not like santa monica about when i when i see them you know spending all of this money trying to close a perfectly uh, lovely airport, <laughs> spending millions of dollars trying to close Santa Monica Airport instead of diverting that to where yeah. it could help some folks. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Anyway, where were we? I don't I'll get off my soapbox right now. I'm going to ask you some more questions here. All right, here we go. Um, how many green quarters have you saved up for your dream car? 
What yeah. does that mean? That's a reference to uh, <laughs> how much of Doctor Funk was scripted, or was that just you doing magic ad lib? Um, in the beginning, there was more ad libbing, but um, the very beginning. But then, pretty quickly, not too much of that made it because the scripts were so dense, and you know, it's, and Fox every year cut another thirty seconds mm-hmm. out of the show mm-hmm. and put in commercials, and so by the time we ended it was like 20 minutes long and those scripts were like 40 pages so it was kind of futile to improvise at that point you know are you do you feel at this point as a performer and i know we are politically are you kind of ethically opposed to working for fox ever again i you know uh it's is there some kind of benign uh corporate <laughs> monster out there that i'm not aware of uh uh, but sure. you know, you know, it gets it gets hard. I I felt a little bit. Well, uh, now that Fox News and Fox are different, now they've they've separated. Correct, um, right, right. Uh, you can feel a little bit better. But, uh, <laughs> um, but you're right. About I wouldn't the, want to make Fox News any money. But <laughs> the corporate structure, it's it's bad everywhere. It's just bad everywhere. The the Blue Man Group paint. Did that stain anything? <laughs> stain your seats? How stained long everything. You... It... Stained everything. Uh, stained interior <laughs> and exterior. <laughs> um, are there any Bluth family members that would have been obsessive Porsche collectors? Uh, I don't think so. None of them really, for me, stand out as guys. Uh, maybe Job. Job might. Job is so funny. If Trump was a car, what kind of car would he be? Um, probably uh, an Edsel. <laughs> just an old Edsel, just yeah. an old contraption, right? Yeah, leaky. Yeah, never spewing made... right noxious gas into the <laughs> atmosphere. Um, here's a very simple question from Crash Stein: uh, What's your favorite sandwich? Do you have a favorite sandwich? I'll tell you my f- absolute favorite sandwich. Wow, he's not a type totally of sandwich. Totally brightened up. Look at that. <laughs> totally brightened up. Um, there's a. Oh, I gotta remember the name of it. Uh, there is the sandwich is called All That Jazz, and it's at a. It's in New Orleans, and it's a. I want to say it's Ver, Vert Mart uh, or Verde Mart, um, and it's a little grocery, tiny. Little thing that has a little sandwich thing in the back. If you walk past, you know, there's a little counter, and it's one of the just one of the best sandwiches you'll ever have in your life. It's just great. Um, if you're not in New Orleans, <laughs> and if you're in New York, go to uh, Meckleburg's on Grand. I think it's on Grand in um, Bed Stuy, and they make some really amazing creative sandwiches. There you go. The Blast, bacon, lettuce, avocado, and uh, um, soft-shell crab. Spike sandwich. Spike sandwich radio. Yep. Spike's sandwich radio. Well, David, you got to catch up with this uh, stand-up special. It's awesome. It's Spike endorsed. It's called Oh, Come On. Where do you prefer people watch this? Do you have any choice? Because it's everywhere. No. no. It's it's anywhere. as, As long as you watch it on, you know, just don't. Don't watch it on your phone on the subway. It's a little No, no. This is Friday night at home. Yeah. With a date with, night. With some barbecue. Or just jerk off night. Whatever. Whatever <laughs> whatever your your thing is. Some I don't know craft if you have a partner be- or not. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Craft beer, 
some uh, some jeans with holes in them. Cra- but Kraft, K-R-A-F-T. I, I don't know. That, I, I don't drink beer. IPAs. Kraft are- macaroni and beer. <laughs> and uh, enjoy uh, this this uh, this great hour comedy. And get to know David Cross just a little bit uh, better. Deeper than- level. You know him right now. Well, thanks for coming in, man. This has been a treat. It's been yeah. a pleasure to meet you. And uh, next time you're in the hood, come on back. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, you know, I'll get a different car. Do you uh, do you respond to folks on any social media in any way? Do Instagram, Twitter. Do you ever I, talk? I to them? am on Twitter and Instagram, but I try to uh, I try to temper that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but I do, yeah. That's a way to get information out there. So There you go. All right. And you can follow me on Instagram. I might respond to you there, but there probably go. nowhere else. We'll see you next week on Spikes Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spikes Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com.